Good morning and welcome to Q&A. This is your opportunity to text in questions from the service this morning. So you'll see the numbers up on the screen. We would invite you to send those in, whether you are in a position of authority and work as a student, a coach, whatever it may be. We are here to answer your questions. You'll see we've got some special guests with us joining us this morning. We're super excited. We have Mr. Frost Weaver. A business owner and one of our elders, and Eric Gillis, also a local business owner who've had a lot of experience in leadership and authority. And so we're really grateful to have you guys here this morning. Well, it's glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah. I'll jump in and say I invited Eric because I did a shout out for Chick-fil-A last week. And about, yeah, and he is a local Chick-fil-A owner. So <laughs> I also had my Chick-fil-A coffee mug in here. <laughs> so it was like full on promo last well. week. <laughs> It was, but I haven't got my gift cards in the mail yet. Have you gotten yours in the mail? I haven't. They no, might be lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and get kicked off with our first question here. Um, let's see. It's so easy to get caught up in taking control and thinking I have the ability to control my work or employees. How do you keep right thinking day to day that I'm under the authority of God? And I can see here one, you know, one thing I thought about as well is, numbers versus people, it's very easy to look at your metrics or your numbers in business. Um, and I could, I don't know, I, I get their question of like rushing through in their own ability rather than mm -hmm. under the authority of God. So mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts towards that for us? Well, one, one thought is, uh, as an owner, business owner, and my dad, I worked for him in the summers when I was in high school and he had a small construction company. And he reminded me that uh, a couple of things. One is, Every customer is your boss. So when you think mm -hmm. you're the boss and you have total authority, oh. then, then, you know, it, that was a lesson learned when I was in high school. Oh. And also uh, as, a, as a boss, because he had like 20 employees, you want to take care of your employees because, as you mentioned this morning, they're the face of your company. Mm -hmm. They represent you out yeah. in the field. And so uh, you want to treat them fairly uh, and, and take care of them. And be, uh, the other thing is be approachable and have an open door policy. So... Uh, to create that family environment. Absolutely. Ross, what do you mean by an open door policy? Well, uh, to be approachable. I've got employees. Um, uh, one has been with me 39 years. Um, one has uh, uh, executive assistant and office manager. One of our property managers, we do commercial property management. Um, and she's been with us about 25 years. And she comes, she's felt free to come to me over the years. Her dad is remote. They don't have a close relationship. And she told me recently, it really touched me. You're like my second father. Oh. Mm. That's good. That's really sweet. Oh. And that is truly an impact on an individual yeah. beyond just an employee. In fact, me too. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. Oh. Absolutely. And what would you guys say to the question of, um, placing yourself on a day-to-day -day basis under the authority of the Lord as a leader? How would you encourage someone um, to make that or to do that regularly on a daily basis? Yeah, I mean, I'll say for me, what I have learned is I have to take time in my mm -hmm. schedule to, to give myself time to think and prepare for the day. And some days start with a bang and you just, you just can't do it. You know, you can't have as dedicated time every every single day. But what I've learned is just as I want to start my own day, my, my purpose in life is to glorify God. Yeah. Well, I glorify God through my work by being a faithful steward. Mm -hmm. And so preparing for my day, whether it's a, a short prayer or just time to kind of have that moment to remind myself what I'm doing, mm -hmm. that I'm here to glorify God. 
and I can do nothing good apart from myself. I can do nothing good apart from Christ. So if that's true in my daily walk as a Christian, this day that's true in my daily walk as a boss. So, Lord, would you live through me so I can be the boss that you've called me to be here? Mm. You know, a simple prayer like that is, is huge for me. Absolutely. It reminds me of last week, uh, James Purser was here, and he talked about our identity as employees, like our identity um, in Christ. And I see that being true as well um, in a leadership role, like your identity is in Christ. Therefore, that impacts everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, Eric, as you described that, <clears throat> I think everybody would look at a pastor and say, well, we sure expect that you are meeting with the Lord mm-hmm. and inviting the Lord to direct you as you seek to be an instrument of the Lord in leading the church. Sometimes we make a a bad distinction between the sacred and the secular, where if we really believe it all is the Lord's, and you belong to the Lord as much as I belong to the Lord, then what you would want me to do with the church, I would want you to do for your business in the Mm -hmm. sense of, I want to lead out of the relationship I'm cultivating with the Lord. So that time to think, that time to remind myself that you have a boss as well and to please him just as much as you would want any pastor to do that. I think breaking down that walk sometimes Mm -hmm. can help. Absolutely. Um, So our next question that's come in um, is actually a question about parenting, but would apply in leadership as well. Um, what's the difference in a threat and a warning when it comes to parenting? And I suppose you could apply the same in leadership. I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> well, it is a good question. So to try to distinguish, uh, a threat is more, I'm going to get you if you do something wrong. I mean, you're going to mm. suffer, you know, uh, whereas a warning is more caution. If you do this, this is what can happen. Mm. So I think that's that's how I would distinguish that. I think it's a good distinguishing factor. I was going to say for me, and I have five small children, <laughs> uh, so and I and I have had to apologize to my kids mm. for I would say a threat, oftentimes something I might feel I have to apologize for, whereas a warning is something that it's my God-given role to warn my kids of danger, warn my kids of their their decisions leading them towards destruction. And so, whereas a threat is, is more of a selfish take on that warning, you're inconveniencing me, you're not living up to what I want versus a, a God-given warning. So. Okay. So I'd be interested, how would you guys define a threat then? I mean, what makes it a threat versus a warning? Is it that you don't follow through? And so it was an is an empty threat. That's an empty threat. Yeah. You're not going to follow through, but is there a threat? What makes a threat a threat? <laughs> Why don't you answer that one? <laughs> <laughs> <I prefer. laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't know that I have, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by the question as well. No, in parenting, a threat versus a warning. A warning being, if you do this, this is going to happen, right? <clears throat> if, if you get out of your bed again, I've told you you must stay in your room. Now. If you get out of your bed again, 
this is going to happen. I think oftentimes when we think a threat, we go, if you say that again, you're never going to, I'm never going to take you there again. Uh, And it's not well thought out. Mm -hmm. The consequence is, you know, off the cuff and it's intended to be uh, so intimidating that the intimidation of it will prevail versus no, that can never that's not going to be carried out. I don't think mom or dad's going to do that. And so uh, I'm just thinking out loud myself here of going, mm-hmm. I think that's what I would say. There's a difference between a threat and a warning. And the, the threat is usually off the cuff, over the top, impossible to be carried out. And it's, and its power is in the explosiveness of it, in the size of it, not in the reality of what mm-hmm. really, really happened. And the intimidation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the desire to correct and redirect. Oh. Yeah. If I say, if you get out, come out of your room again, you're going to be spanked and they come out and I spank. That wasn't a threat. Mm-hmm. It's not a threat. It's, this is, this well, is the warning the, and consequences. Yes, this <laughs> is the warning, the consequences. So I think in the answer to this question, my counsel would be to you, make sure you don't say things off the cuff that you, either you have no intention mm-hmm. of following through with, or you absolute in reality, you can't follow through mm-hmm. with it. You're just trying to scare them. They might call your bluff. And now you've lost uh, integrity. You've lost their, you've lost the reality that your words matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Great. Good question. It was. I like the question about parenting in there too. I often go back to parenting and Q and a kids. So I get it. Um, so, you know, Doug, one of your uh, examples this morning, uh, you are a learner and teachable in order to be a be- in order to be better. So oh. leaders learn leadership. What wisdom, I open this up. Um, would you instruct to how to learn leadership? I think for me, the principle of leaders are learners. If I'm the leader of my organization and I say, I know what I know, I'm good, I don't need to learn anything else, then I put a ceiling on our, my organization's growth. Mm. And as a, you know, if I were a professional musician and I practice really hard at guitar, nobody would think twice. They'd think you have to do that because that's what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. I'm a leader for a living and I lead specifically a restaurant. And so for me to hone my craft is to, study what other leaders are doing, study what other restaurants are doing to, and and practically what I do is I, I interact with other people who are business leaders. Some of them are same type of business. Some of them are other businesses. I listen to podcasts. I read books and, and I have to kind of go at my own pace. There are times when I can do a lot of that. And there are times when I can just have a little bit of that in my life, just based on my schedule. But just that idea of leaders or learners, um, you know, finding something that works with my schedule that says, I'm not doing this because it feels good. I'm doing this because the Lord has put me in this position and I don't want to default on where he's put me. So do you have a book? There's a jillion leadership books out there. A jillion. I have one or two that you would go, maybe go here first. One of my favorite leadership books is called The Secret by Mark Miller. And it's about servant leadership, and it's a simple fable format, but it seems to be uh, something I keep going back to. 
Doug, I would say another resource is other godly men or women that are in leadership. When I started my own company, I got three godly men, one being Bud Tool, Mm -hmm. who most of y'all may know, uh, to counsel me as I started my company. Uh, And it was really uh, very beneficial Mm -hmm. to get their experience in in running companies and leadership to help me put my company together. And and, um, and that was over 20, almost 30 30 years ago. Either of you have a, a podcast that uh, <laughs> What's a podcast? <laughs> I was going to make the joke, but I thought I'd make it wrong. Do you have a, a favorite podcast you listen to? Some popular podcasts in the leadership world that I'm familiar with would be Craig Groeschel's podcast. Um, Andy Stanley has a leadership podcast that's yeah. very good. I personally like Malcolm Gladwell. Um, not necessarily from a Christian standpoint, but... Uh, somebody that I, I respect his opinion on things, and it's it gets me thinking as a leader in ways that I wouldn't maybe normally think. I asked on the follow-up to your comment, Ross, because really what you did in your world is saying, let me find other godly, good leaders that I can learn from in our technological world. Yeah, You can learn from a lot of yeah, great leaders that you would never have an opportunity to you know, to go to Famous Amos and have a breakfast with like you could have with Bud Tool. It's true. Yeah. If you went to Famous Amos. <laughs> As a matter of fact. <laughs> or Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't around then. <laughs> yeah. It's a great spot for, great spot for meeting. <laughs> yeah, having others speak into your life in general, whether it's in uh, business or in your personal life, is a great opportunity. Somebody's calling us. <laughs> Interesting. Leave a message. We'll call you back. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Um, so what would you say, as you look into this year, is a characteristic in leadership that you feel the Lord is growing you in this year? I, I think that's something that I've always been impressed by when I see leaders who are, um, man, I'm, I'm trying to grow in this area because it sounds like both of you have mentioned it's a, a regular growth. Um, what would you say? Maybe you don't have an answer, and that's okay, but if there's yeah. one area you feel as a leader that the Lord's growing you in. I'm going to defer to Eric because I'm on the tail end of this curve. <laughs> <laughs> so I've told my uh, son who's running our company today, I said, I'm, I'm working myself out of a job. So. <laughs> hey, that's a good leadership person. Yeah, there you it go. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tracy, you mentioned earlier this idea of relationships and results. As a business leader, you you have a you know you have a purpose to get results in a business. Um, and Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick Fil A, used to always say, "We're not in the chicken business; we're in the people business." And you mentioned this yeah. in your message: people are our greatest asset. Yeah. And so I think I'm. I don't know that it's unique to this year, but I think the one thing that can, continues to challenge me is that we are in the people business. I want to be the type of boss that honors the Lord. And I want to be the type of boss that um, views my team as people, as individuals, mm-hmm. as people made by God, not mm-hmm. as a means to an end to accomplish the result. You know, and so creative ways to serve my team, whether it's a handwritten note or a, a special gift or things like that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can that can manifest mm-hmm. itself. But just that that continual. These are uh, these are not my servants. <laughs> these, are, these are people. And there is no distinction between me and them. I'm a, I'm a person just like their people, and I'm not more important than them. How can I serve them as human beings? 
the way I would want to be served as human being. So that's, that's something that the Lord continues to, I think the, the longer I've been in my position as a franchise owner, the more I'm humbled by that thought. Mm-hmm. So. Can I ask one quick question? Of course. Mm-hmm. Either of you guys have a bad example that you learned from? Good question. I, I For sure I do. And I would say it's not just one person, maybe different people from the time I was, you know, 16 years old working as a teenager. There were some decent bosses who had bad moments. There were some bad bosses who just overall were bad. And when you mentioned that in your message today, um, to me, that is that has rung through my whole life. Uh, I learn the best from bad examples. Um, And and it doesn't mean that there there's no redeeming quality in that person, but their example dictates I don't want that to ever be true of me. And so how can I learn from what I've seen so that I don't ever make somebody feel that way, the way that they made me feel? Anything you would add to that for us? Well, I uh, I was blessed, honestly, in my corporate environment. The person that hired me when I was on an airplane coming home from for Christmas when I was in pilot training uh, became my mentor, and even after I left the company, we got together quarterly for breakfast and whatever, and he was one of my mentors when I started my own company. So I, I'm sure if I searched way back there, maybe in the military, I, I think I had a few bad examples <laughs> uh, of lording it over you, uh, but beyond that, in the, in the corporate world, I was blessed to, to have good examples, honestly. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a great testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great blessing. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning and hope you guys have been encouraged. We appreciate your questions and hope that you will have a very encouraging and blessed week.